Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, Mir Ryder here for the Transform Sales Podcast with my guest, Gil Alush, my fellow Israeli. How are you? I'm doing great. Good All to be here. Well. So Gil, I had the honor of meeting you probably like three or four years ago, right? Yeah, it's uh, been a while. Where we're both visit me in San Francisco. You know, are we friend, are we foe? How do we help each other? Um, two type A Israeli personalities, always an interesting mix. Before we start the podcast, we'd love to kind of kick it off um, with maybe an interesting fact about yourself that somebody would not know uh, by simply following you. Interesting. Uh, a fact about myself that people don't usually know. Mm, something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe that I... I jumped bungee from three countries. You jumped bungee? You did bungee jumping in three countries? Yeah, in, in Israel, in Thailand, and of course in the US. All right, well, that sounds pretty interesting. I did not know that. Um, are you going to bungee jump again? Definitely. Okay, good. New good. Zealand is the next place. I like that. So, you know, when it comes to transforming sales, um, for those that do not know what metadata.io does, I'm going to do the elevator pitch, right? And, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to, to pitch your product because I know it very it. well, right? Uh, and if you look at what metadata.io does, it's essentially, in my opinion, a paid marketing team that comes with data. Um, and what you guys are doing is is purchasing, procuring multiple data sets, right? So you're, you're, you're taking away the pain point of people going to buy Lambora, ZoomInfo, a, a tech target, you have it all. You're using all that targeting data to make um, precise Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn audiences that will convert better at uh, at B2B ads. Did I get it right? That's a nice pitch. That was correct for 2017. Uh, but it's it's not it's 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 good. So today, um, it's not like you come to metadata and then skip the you know instead of having a conversation with Bombora, but instead uh, we ingested all of those data sources and normalized them so that you have one place where you can do like when you can create as many audiences as you would like using any firmographic, technographic, buyer intent data, all of them are in our marketplace. You still, if you have a relationship with the existing ones, you can still leverage them, just plug in the API. If you don't, you can activate them through our platform. But the unique part of metadata is not so much just the data. The data makes sure you don't spend a minute of your time or a dollar of your budget on the wrong company or the wrong persona. Uh, within your target market. That's just good for B2B. But the way we operationalize the data is by using experimentation as a means to an end to execute. So instead of having a team of people who used to have indeed to run all of your campaigns, now we have a decision tree that essentially executes all of your campaigns and optimizes them. And instead of optimizing the campaigns and you know, changing the budget or the creative or the, comp or the channel or the campaign type, maybe like instead of LinkedIn ads, it's going to be LinkedIn conversational or maybe a, a sales cadence and outreach. And it will switch out all the variables, but optimize not based on vanity metrics, things like cost per lead or impression or a click, but actually based on pipeline, revenue, CAC, things like that, because we pull those from your Salesforce. So it really replaces, it gives you the ability to scale like five, 10 X without having to hire 20 more campaign managers. It's interesting. Now, you know, you see all the data, right? Um, and you see it's because it's really simple, right? What, what customer success is for metadata is results that are measurable. What customer success is for cloud task is results that are measurable. Um, do you find that there is a 
I would say preferred follow-up, whether it's automated or manual or a mix of both that does better or, or like where, like, do you, I have seen that people typically are marketing owns it and marketing wants marketing automation to do it. Right. <laughs> Very few times that they're, they're, they're personalizing, you know, follow-ups. Right. Um, do you, do you think that the battle between marketing and sales trying to take ownership of the lead versus focusing on being a revenue department really is a damaging concept for a lot of leaders that they don't realize? Um, um, question, I, don't, I just rambled on, but no, no, no. You asked, you asked, you do two interesting things there. Um, first of all, you're the SDR expert. Uh, I think you know, you know more than me there. What, from what I can see in my company, for example, I have one, uh, one SDR, Ashley, and she's amazing, and she generates, you know, almost 200 um, demo requests, right, on a monthly basis, and. Uh, that is a huge capacity because she's using a hybrid of automation and personalization. Like, for example, I saw this thing on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't remember which prospect it was. She was working with the, with, the, with the team and the buyer was in a restaurant and she worked with his team like collaboratively to pay his bill while he was in a restaurant. And he loved it. You know, and, he, and yeah. she set up a meeting with the buyer uh, that is super personal. Uh, but even in her outreach cadences that are autom automated, she does put the time to make sure there is a, a blog that they read recently or a piece of content they publish and, and inject that and make sure it's relevant. Not just like the usual stuff, you just like see a picture of your logo or something that is super generic. Um, I think that doesn't work. And I think that's, that's the, the magic there is to do something that doesn't scale at first, figure out that it's like the hook is there, the message, the content, the, the, something that you found to be repeatable, then you can automate it. Trying to automate too early before it before you actually know what works, what doesn't work. That's I think where the mistake is. Um, so that's what I have to say about SDR. And that makes sense. And also, let's talk about that also a little bit please. deeper, right? Because I think, I think one of the things you know when I think of metadata, oh, I think of a, a a large computer experimental machine. Yes. Always running experiments, right? Yes. Now, do you see that people either choose automation um, or personalized follow up? Some do a mix of it, but is there a gap where it's not properly A-B tested against the right audience, right? Is, it, is there a point where people are doing either or when they really should be saying, I'm going to take 100 inbound leads that look the same and run automation. I'm going to take 100 that look the same run personalization, and I'm going to actually use the data to make decisions, or, do, or are you finding that a lot of decisions are, are based on impulse and not on data and either or? I mean, I, do, I am a big, I'm an engineer, right? I'm a software engineer in all of my bones. I do believe in data being, uh, should, be, should be driving your decisions. And, but I also, you know, to, to my previous point, you have, to, you have to walk before you run or crawl before you walk, however they say it. Uh, do something that doesn't scale first. Do it based on your hunch, based on, and then see the results. That's where the data comes from. Like you sent 100 personalized emails to, let's say, 100 somewhat similar profiles that means you separated one variable which is maybe subject line maybe the maybe the body of the email and now learn from that and now start doing a b testing or multivariate experimentation we do multivariate you said it exactly right like a big experimentation machine that's what that's what we are and we do multivariate experimentation because you never know what variable is going to be most relevant for you is it going to be the channel is going to be different the campaign type the audience segment is going to be different the creative the content that you're sending so those things change if you run just the A-B testing, then you may have a false positive because something completely different is the biggest 
uh, differentiator. But if you do, if you test like five variables at a time and you scale the experiment to like 100 experiments or 500, then you'll fine tune into the 20 out of the 1,000 experiments that are best performing. And then you use that and that's your automation. Interesting. Um, do, you, do you ever find that campaigns that you think are home runs fail? To produce expected results and campaigns that <laughs> are almost like holy crap this is i'm doomed we're not going to renew i and they succeed and and i'd love to hear yes. the most awkward campaign you've ever executed that succeeded that kind of like blew your mind you're like how the hell did that work oh man um it's it's interesting first of all our customers sometimes win uh it already happened like a good amount of time they won awards for campaigns, they didn't manually run themselves. Like the machine ran for them, which uh-huh. were very weird. Like uh, the learnings from the data sometimes is unbelievable. Like you, there is a color, there's a background color that works better for like CISO, like for a security officer versus like a data architect. Like there are all kinds of very, like you, you could figure out how to, how to explain psychologically why that, is the case i have no idea but i see it in the data like uh, a button and we we did release the the benchmark report which we analyzed like uh, yeah, send me again. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, interesting like you can see a, a bunch of weird stuff there like how many words you put is it to learn more or try now like a bunch of different things that completely change the the gamut or uh for example one misconception is facebook doesn't work for b2b you know marketers think that facebook is not working for B2B because they don't have the right targeting capabilities on B2B on Facebook because you know Facebook gets most of their revenues from consumer advertising. So they didn't build much for the B2B side. But you can easily apply all the targeting in the world to custom audiences, upload those custom audiences, and boom. Same thing goes for the, you know, for like even Instagram. We were talking about Instagram before when we chatted. And uh, Instagram is a great inventory. Again, if you use the right targeting, Pinterest is new. Pinterest and I just opened up their own inventory. I'm sure there's going to be. And their stock is is blowing up. So there are many conceptions and data should inform what works, what doesn't work. And if you learn it earlier than others, like the voicemails on LinkedIn is magical, for example. Mm -hmm. That's a channel that is working, you know, uh, people are curious. They have a 15-second voicemail, 20-second voicemail. They are likely to click the play button versus the other 100 similar-looking emails, emails that they get. Yeah, no, that no, makes sense. I, I'm, you know, I'm an, I am a proponent of using new channels first, right? I think you've seen me do group yeah. WhatsApp videos, you know, with, and, and introduce people to you. And I'm doing it all day long. Um, I enjoy it. You know, I, 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 I love, I, I love the, the. The outreach through um, through different channels, like I've been I've been DMing people on Instagram, which has been working, which is kind of funny. When I first started at CloudTask, you know, my background was sales, right? And, and and if I was hired under a marketing leader or marketing department, I was a little bit afraid, right? Because um, I was like SDRs wanted for sales. Now I completely believe it's a, a marketing function, um, hands down, right? And, and that's why I don't even consider ourselves outsourced sales anymore, right? Where if you look at Facebook or Google, they're lead generation companies. People don't realize that, right? It's kind of ironic. You think it's a social network, but how does it make money by generating leads, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, now we look at your organization and, and my organization, and, and we're essentially automating the top of the funnel, right? Um, so that leaders can focus on account executives. What do you think about the concept of hiring an SDR because you want them 
to eventually become an AE and you want to promote from within. Is that a viable model or is that a broken model? Uh, I think every, not every, not all SDRs are, are, are equal. I think some SDRs want to be SDR leaders and they want to be more into marketing and they, they have one, SP, one career inspiration. And some SDRs, they want to be AEs and SDRs for them is just a channel, just a station on the path to being an AE, inside sales, then, then AE. So I like to ask the person who comes in, what do you want to, like, where do you want to be three years from now? What, what, the, what is written on your LinkedIn? Let's say everything goes well. Everything is amazing. Triple growth every year. Everything is amazing. Where are you? And then if they want to be managing a team of five SDRs, one thing, they want to be in marketing, could be another thing. And if they want to close, you know, million dollar enterprise deals, that's great. So SDRs are here to stay? I think so. I think SDRs are, are, are doing a great job. And I think some of them have different career trajectories. And if you understand it and you can fulfill their path throughout the time they are an SDR, it could be good. Some think of SDRs, you know, someone just told me like SDRs, you know, they just come in, you give them a low base and high LTE and, you know, you, you recycle them. I don't know if that should be the case. It could, and it might be working for, for some companies. And maybe that's the right way. And I just haven't learned it yet. But I also think you can find people who are extremely good at being an SDR. They think outside of the box, they can scale 5x in the usual SDR, like, like the one we have in the company. And then- well, that's what I was getting at. What I was getting at is your SDR produces 200 demos per month, others, you know, 15. 30, 40, right? Um, right. So, so, so you're not scaling bodies. Your, your SDR is, in my opinion, almost an AI SDR manager, right? Like- and she actually impacts the product, you know, like the playbooks that she created and executed she is implementing into the product. Because so, so you see a path where an SDR is more involved in automation, marketing, and targeting versus a forward path of closing opportunities? So I think it's a combo. It's like the, the goal. So, so yes, to answer your question. Because it's back yeah. to my question of like, why not just hire an AE who wants to be an AE and train him and hire an SDR who wants to be an SDR and build machines and train them? Because then you may have different, um, different stages. Like if you're in an earlier stage, you don't really know what works, what doesn't work. You may need to create some things that don't scale, like send the personal emails, do a voicemail, do a video, do pay their bill at a restaurant, like do all, like do like the Instagram. Get DM. data. Do yeah. all, all kinds of stuff that is unique. Do arbitrage on channels, do arbitrage on campaign types, do stuff that is different and might be like, uh, you know, like a, a silver bullet. Once you found it, you said, okay, I found like two playbooks or one playbook that is really working well for me. Awesome. Automate, put it at, put it at scale and go find the next one because at some point you're going to have fatigue from that campaign and silver bullet as well. You know, no channel, no arbitrage lasts forever. And so you have to always prepare the next experiment, the next the next unique experience you're going to provide. Oh, so- 100%, right? I'm like, look at companies that have dividends that are increasing every year, right? I guess those are stocks you want to buy. They have to produce more with less, right? Um, and that's where companies like yours come in and companies like ours, and 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 which is exciting. Um, Gil, this has been awesome. I, you know, I love how all of this power is just getting down to even the cell phone, right? Like I, I have done Instagram ads or I've done targeting on my phone and and it's it's a cool world where we we live in where we can run all these experiments, um, and and I'm I'm pumped by it. Um, if somebody would want to reach out to you and find out some data, right? Like, 
just not do a path, um, where can they reach out to you? Where can they find information that can simply just be factual? Like, hey, you know, these this background color produced X amount of results, right? Like, why does a company need to figure that out if you already figured it out, right? So how can people reach you, ask you questions, pick your brain, and ensure that when they do invest in digital marketing, that they are um, both increasing the valuation of Facebook and Microsoft, which are ones LinkedIn, and also their own pockets? How can, how can you help people more? So three things. First of all, any personal inquiries, you can always reach out to me, gil at metadata.io. In terms of data for what works, what doesn't work, we do have the benchmark report. It's ungated. You don't have to put- I want email. that. Get there. It's on the website. You go to, to, to content and you'll company and contact. You'll see the- No, under I, the want, I want like a personal email from the CEO. I like the, I like the personal touch. You got it. So that's the first touch. one. The okay. first one you'll get it. You send an email or you have my WhatsApp. So it's easy for you to get the personal touch. Uh, and then I, I do recommend for B2B marketers to look at G2. G2 will give you a lot of you know, authentic customer reviews to show you for your stage, for your company, what is the right thing to do. Because different stages, different if you're serving the SMB, your ACV is at like 100K. Or if you're serving the middle market enterprise, your ACV is 50K. Different tools, different processes. Crazy. It's, all, it's a very complicated world. Fortunately, there's a lot of information out there. Gil, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, thank you very much for, for, you. for I had fun. being here. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to keep jamming and keep transforming sales like we're doing, man. Have a good one. Thank you, Amir. See you later. You got it. Bye-bye.